That's a good, okay, that's a nursery, that's a nursery rhyme word there. Don't dwaddle along the way, and please don't talk to strangers. The woods are dangerous. But when Little Red Riding Hood noticed some lovely flowers in the woods, she forgot her promise to her mother, and she picked a few. She watched the butterflies flit about for a little while, and she listened to the frogs croaking, and then picked a few more, and suddenly the wolf appeared out of nowhere and began to talk to her. And he said this, what are you doing out here, little girl? And, the, and he tried to be as friendly with his voice as he could. I, and she says, I'm on my way to see my grandma who lives through the forest near the brook. Then she realized how late she was and she quickly excused herself, rushing down to the path to her grandmother's house. But the wolf, in the meantime, took a shortcut. Uh, and the wolf, a little out of breath, from running, arrived at Grandma's house and knocked lightly at the door. Oh, thank goodness, dear, come in, come in. I was worried, sick, that something had happened to you in the forest, said Grandma, thinking that the knock was her granddaughter. The wolf let himself in. By the way, nursery rhymes and fairy tales can be pretty dark, if you haven't figured this out. All right, there's a couple versions of this. I'll, I'll share that here in a minute. Poor Granny did not have time to say another word before the wolf grabbed her and gobbled her up. Uh, tell that to your little kid at midnight right before he goes to sleep. The wolf poked through Grandmother's wardrobe to find a nightgown that he liked, and he added a frilly sleeping cap, and a few minutes later, Red Riding Hood knocked on the door, and the wolf jumped into bed and pulled the covers over his nose. Who is it, he called in a crackly little voice. Grandmother, your voice sounds so odd. Is something the matter? Little Red Riding, Ad, uh, Red Riding Hood asked. Oh, I just have a cough or a cold, said the wolf. And he added the cough at the end to prove his point. But grandmother, here you go. Here's the part you know. But what big ears you have, said Little Red Riding Hood as she had closer to the bed. The better to hear you with, my dear, the wolf replied. But grandmother, what big eyes you have. As she got closer to the bed, the wolf said, better to see you with, right? And then, you know this one. But grandmother, what big teeth you have. And the wolf leapt out of bed and began to chase the little red riding hood. And depending on the version that you read, there's one of two endings. Uh, one is that the wolf eats little red riding hood too, and that's the end of the story. Or there's another version, because we were scaring our kids so badly, that as Red Riding Hood begins to scream in terror, caused by the wolf, a woodsman in the woods hears the, the clamor, and he comes run, running to her rescue, and he hits the wolf over the head, and, and, and then we clean this part up too. But somehow, he, uh, he deals with the wolf so that he allows the grandmother to escape the wolf, and they both are saved, and they live happily ever after. Okay, so, so there are some lessons in this fairy tale that I want to reteach you because we learn the fairy tale, but we don't always learn from the fairy tale. And then I want to take you into scripture and see if I can't prove my point. Uh, three quick lessons. The first one is this. Uh, the, the straight path is the only safe path. The straight path is the only safe path. I want you to notice in the fairy tale that uh, uh, Little Red Riding Hood's mom who uh, says to her, I want you to go to grandmother's house, but I want you to go, to go straight down the path. Don't, don't delay, don't detour, don't go a different direction, don't get distracted, just go straight down the path to grandmother's house, right? That's what, that's, is, am I right? That's what's said? Okay, I just want to make sure. 
It, I want you to notice that, and from here on I'm going to call her Red. I want you to notice that Red was only in danger when she went on a detour. Right? So I, I have some questions because I always like to teach us these lessons by asking us questions about us. The first question I want to ask about us is this. How many of us would have stayed safe if we had stayed on the path? How many of us would have avoided injury if we had remained on the path? Because what I've learned in my own life, and I know you know this is true too in your life, is that it is only as we disobey and that we become distracted and we become deterred that we discover that those kind of variations in our walk are deadly. Have you learned that or I'm the only one? I'm the only one. Okay, so... Uh, uh, he, listen, we, we say things like this. I, I, say, I say this a lot. You've heard me say this before. Uh, scripture teaches us that he orders our steps. Okay, he orders our steps. But the part that we never really talk about is although he orders our steps, it is our responsibility to take the steps that he orders. So it is only as we don't continue down the straight path and we take our own steps and we ignore the steps that he, he outlines for us that we find ourselves in trouble. The Bible says that he can show us a path, but we have to be willing to stay on the path. In fact, the Bible declares about itself that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a guide unto my path. So, so the, there's a way that's listed for us, that's designed for us, that's defined for us, but that path is only safe when we remain on it. Jesus said that the path is narrow and straight. There's a narrow gate and a straight path, right? So, so the conclusion is, is that even a small detour can be deadly to us. So we must then make this decision about how we walk out our walk with Christ. We must stick as close to the path as we possibly can. We cannot continue to see how far away from the path that we can get. So, so, so some of us are a long way from the path that he called us to walk. Let me, let me mention a few things. Uh, uh, he's called us to walk in holiness, but how many of us are walking away from that path. How many of us are, are, are finding ourselves, instead of walking in holiness, we are wilding out. Some of you don't even know what that term means. That probably is a good indication for you. But for some of us, we know what that term means. We've been called to a path of holiness, but instead we find ourselves wilding out. For some of us, we've been called to a path of, of, of generosity, but we've deterred into stinginess. For some of us, he's called us into a walk of kindness, and yet we find ourselves deterred on a walk of anger. We're angry at somebody, and we cannot show kindness. For some of us, we've been called into a walk of humility, but now we're on this path of pride, and it's the deters and it's the distractions that lead us into destruction. I wrote this down. I think it's important for us to come back to this. I think some of us are, are taking wayward steps, and it's time to go back and take way steps. I'm going to say that again because if you're not listening carefully, you'll miss it. I think some of us are taking wayward steps. And what he's calling us to is to take way steps. The way that he shows us, the path that he shows us, the direction that he has shown us, it is our responsibility once he shows us the steps to take those steps because those steps are the steps that ensure our safety. Okay, so, so I, I just want to say to some of you this morning, get back on path. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, stay on path. Come on, tell them, get back on the path, stay on the path. What he's shown you is the direction he wants you to go, stay on that path. 
Come on, say it in grandma's voice, all right? Use grandma's voice like their little red riding hood. Hey, hey, darling, stay, stay on the path. I don't know how you talk like grandma. I, I, can't, I have to talk like grandpa because now I, apparently I sound old. Somebody told me I was old this morning. So, so since I had two graduates coming in, I must be getting old. So, so let me say it in grandpa's voice. Stay on the path. It's the only safe path. There's a second lesson that this, this uh, fairy tale teaches us. It's this one. It's, it's deadly to repeatedly ignore repeated warnings. Uh, Red uh, sees repeated warning signs that something isn't right. You know the you know the account. She ignores the voice. She ignores the the big ears. She ignores the, the big eyes. And all of a sudden, out of that, because she ignores the voice, the big ears, the big eyes, she now encounters the big teeth. Right? She would have never encountered the big teeth. If she would have recognized the warning signs in the voice and the big ears and the big eyes. Right? Repeated warnings. Warning signs must be heeded. You, you don't, listen, I, I, I just need to let the cat out of the bag this morning. Uh, I, I just need to tell you this truth. You don't suddenly become deceived. You don't suddenly become destroyed. We act as if. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, we falter and we fall and we mess up and we destroy our life. But it's usually the result of rep repeated warnings being ignored. Good. See, I, I've got to ask you, because uh, I ask these questions. How many of you have continued to ignore repeated warning signs? Uh, this, this is how I've noticed it happens. I, <clears throat> it happens this way for me. Maybe it doesn't happen this way for you, but, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion that what is common to me is common to you. This is how it works for me. I will get a warning from his word, right? I'm reading his word, and all of a sudden, like, red signs go off, and there's a warning in there for me. Don't do this. Don't be stupid, stupid. I'll read it. I know. I found it right in my scripture. I find it all the time. Warnings, right? Then I will start a conversation with somebody, and lo and behold, in their, in their own words, in different words, they will repeat the warning. Okay, I must be the only one. And then what happens is I will watch somebody do what I was warned not to do, and I will watch them as they falter and fall and find destruction. And I see them living in the pain and the agony of the decision they've just made. And then all of a sudden I'm like, but God, you didn't warn me. Repeated warnings cannot be repeatedly ignored without it causing destruction in our life. How many of us think that we are the exception to the rule? And you, you, we, we sit here and we go, I'm not like that. Okay, really? How many of us have re been repeatedly warned to let go of bitterness? We read it in Scripture. We hear it in sermons. We talk about it. We watch other people that we know very well struggling through life because of the bitterness down deep in their heart. And we know who they're mad at. And it continues to cause them to be sick in their body, sick in their spirit, sick in their mind, sick in their mouth. So we see the destruction in their life. But we think we can handle being bitter because we are the exception to the rule. I'm preaching right now and y'all just staring at me. Uh, how many of us have been given repeated warnings to get out of toxic relationships and yet even though we read about it 
Even though we've heard it in conversations, even though good friends come along and say, hey, warning sign, warning sign, ding, 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 ding. And then we watch the destruction that it's causing in somebody else's life. We will, not us, because we swipe right. Some of y'all get that here in a minute. So it can't be wrong. Repeated warning. How many of us have been called and warned to live by standards of holiness and yet, at the same time, we read about it, we talk about it, we hear about it, we watch people struggle that aren't living holy, and we ignore the warning signs, and we struggle, and we walk right into unholiness, and it produces destruction in our life all the time, thinking, no, nope, that's not about me. Ooh, okay. Um, how many of us have been warned about how we handle our finances? I'll just leave that right there. Okay. How many of us have been warned to guard our eyes and our ears? How many of us have been warned about what we do? Some, some of us are crazy. It's crazy. We, we will hear warnings not to, to drink strong drink. We've, we've talked about it in conversation. And then we'll watch our family members become addicted and lose everything. And we go, it's not me. Okay, I knew that one would go over huge. Okay, so, so it is deadly. It is deadly. I'm, hear me this morning. This is one of those warning signs. It is deadly. To continue to ignore repeated warning signs. Believe the first one. Believe the first warning sign. Exit on the first glimpse of a red flag. Get out on the voice and you don't have to worry about the teeth. Some of y'all are already advanced beyond voice. You've already advanced beyond ears. You've already advanced beyond eyes. And I got news for you. The next stop is teeth. But if you can wake up now this morning as the warning signs. I wish I had a bell. The warning bells are going off. Ding, 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 ding. This is, a war this is your last warning. Get out now before you experience the teeth. I want you to look at your neighbor right now. And I want you to tell them you've been warned. Come on, tell them. You have, <coughs> you're not an exception to the rule. You've been warned. Last but not least, the, the lesson that we must learn from this fairy tale is this, and we need to learn it this morning, and that is this, is destruction is always corporate. I want you to notice that Red's detour resulted in not only her demise, but the demise of her grandmother. Her decision to not go down the straight path. Her decision to ignore the warning sign because there was a warning sign before there was a warning sign. The warning sign is I detoured off the path I was instructed to follow and a wolf showed up. Don't, hey, let's don't get it twisted. Wolves are designed to eat people. Uh, okay. The first warning sign was that the path that I just went down took me into contact, brought me into contact with an individual that is designed to produce destruction in my life. And she ignored that one. And the result is, is that by warning, by missing all the warning signs, taking the wrong path, it didn't just bring about her destruction. About, it brought about the destruction of her grandmother. Destruction is always corporate. There are always corporate implications to the destruction in our life. If you ignore the warning signs, then the pain produced will not just be felt by you. No man is an island. The reason, listen, I'm just going to be real selfish this morning. Can I be selfish for one moment? I'm not usually this selfish. I'm going to be selfish this morning. Can I, can I, can, will you give me permission to be selfish this morning? The reason that I want you to stay on path. 
The reason that I want you not to ignore the warning signs, the reason is because what you do impacts me. Okay. In other words, the reason I want you to live your life in holiness, the reason that I want you to make good decisions, the reason that I want you to walk a straight and narrow path is because I feel your pain. We're a package deal. Scripture says that once we come into contact with Jesus, making the Lord and Savior of our life, get connected into a church body, that we are a package deal. When you suffer, I suffer. When you celebrate, I celebrate. You can't get away from me, I can't get away from you. We're in this together. We're a package deal. So if you hurt, I hurt. So this is what I want you to do. I want you, we're talking to one another. This is just a family talk this morning. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I feel your pain. <clears throat> come on, tell them, I feel your pain. So, so, so why, do, why do I have you say that to one another? Because I want you to live right so that I don't have to feel your pain. Somebody help me this morning. I want you to make good choices so I don't have to feel your pain. I want you to make the right decisions about your relationships and who you spend your time with because I don't want to feel your pain. I want you to make good decisions about how you spend your money so I don't have to feel your pain. I want you to make this good decisions about what, what you do for entertainment so I don't have to feel your pain because destruction is always corporate. You say, you say, well, this, that's cute. That's a cute little fairy tale, but that ain't scripture. I beg to differ. I, I, I'm going to prove to you that Little Red Riding Hood can be found in scripture. Are you ready? Here, you got to go with me now because in scripture, oh, Red is a guy and not a little girl. And his name is Samson. According to Judges chapter 13, in verse 5, it says this. An angel tells an Israelite woman, this is what, he, what the angel says. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel. Listen to that statement again. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. So from the get-off get, get point, from the jump-off point, we are instructed that Samson is a, is a Nazarite. And the angel even says, never supposed to cut his hair. If you go on and study and read the scripture, you also know that there are other implications of this Nazarite condition or status or, or vow that Samson has supposed to have been taken from the time he was born. Number one, he's not supposed to cut his hair. Number two, he's not supposed to drink strong drink. Number three, he's not supposed to touch anything dead. Well, what are you saying? I'm saying that he had a clearly defined path. From before he was ever even born, his path was laid out for him. There was, there was instructions. It was like grandma had said, hey, go this direction and don't go any other direction. Don't detour. Don't mess around on the side. Go straight down this path. This is the way you're supposed to live your, li live your life. And yet what we discover is that O'Red couldn't stay on path. In fact, by Judges chapter 14... 
if you go read just a synopsis of chapter 14, we don't have time, but you discover that Samson touches a dead lion and eats the honey out of it. He drinks strong drink. In fact, he's spending all this time in the vineyards. Ding, 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 ding. Anybody else? And in Judges chapter 14, he touches 30 men that he kills. And then in another occasion, he touches a thousand men. And he touches the dead donkey because he picks up a jawbone. He's off path. But not only that, you know the rest of the story. Red, repeat, he, he ignores repeated warning signs. Right? Because he encounters this lady that he's not supposed to be with anyway because she's not from his people. Okay, are you getting it? He's where he's not supposed to be with somebody he's not supposed to be with. And there are warning signs. Okay, real quick, you know the story, so I'm not going to belabor the point. But three different times in Judges chapter 16, Delilah sends warning signs. She says, if you love me, guys, you ought to be careful once you hear that. That's the, that's grand, that, that's the wolf's voice right there going, be careful, because you can't answer right from that point forward, right? If you love me, you'll tell me the secret of your strength. And remember what he does? He lies to her which should have been warning signs to her, but that's a different story. And he says, if you'll tie me with seven fresh bowstrings, I'll lose my strength. And she does. And she calls in soldiers to defeat him. And he breaks them and defeats them. Are you with me? Then she asks again, and he says, if you will tie me with seven new ropes. And she does. Don't you just want to, I just wish I could go back in the scripture sometime and slap some people. I, I just want to go in there and just say, wake up. She ties him with seven new ropes. Red flag. Warning signs are going off. She calls in the soldiers. He breaks free. And he, and he ignores the warning signs. And she does it again. And this time she says, come on, baby, if you love me, if you really love me, like you say you do, you would tell me. And he says, if you'll take my hair and you'll weave it into the loom. And he wakes up with towel head. Y'all missed that. She weaves his hair into a loom. Does that not mess with anybody else? That just Maybe it's because I don't have any hair anymore. But, but, but I had long hair at one point, And if I woke up and my hair was weaved into a loom, we got problems, baby. I don't care how fine you are. Me and you are going to have a talk because you just weaved my hair into a loom. And he ignores the warning signs. And she repeats the process. And finally, he ultimately tells the real secret that if he has his hair cut, he will lose his power. And surprise, grandma's a wolf. And I want you to notice what happens because he repeatedly, he repeatedly ignores repeated warning signs and it brings about destruction. But I want you to see what happens. Are you with me? Stay with me just for just a couple seconds longer. I want you to notice what happens. 
In Judges chapter 16, verse 20, we find ourselves in the story. Because after the third occasion, she's cut his hair. She's found out the real secret to his power, and she cuts his hair. And the Bible says that after she cuts his hair, just like she had done the previous three times, she calls in soldiers. And I want you to see what Samson's response is. In Judges chapter 16, verse 20, it says this. He awoke from his sleep and he thought, I'm the exception to the rule. That's not what it says. But that's what he thought. Because he says, I'll go out as before and I'll shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. How many of us want to blame God for leaving us when the truth is he has repeatedly warned us over and over and over and over and over again that you cannot live in sin, that you cannot be involved in the ways of the world, that there's a path called holiness that we are required to walk down to encounter his favor and his blessings and we can continue to wake up and shake ourselves and say as long as I go to passion and as long as I go to church occasionally and as long as, as I treat people nice and as long as I know the worship songs and as long as I know the words and as long as I act like all the other Christians then I'll be okay just like like every time before I'll be okay and we ignore the warning signs and we find ourselves in destruction finally I want you to notice this his destruction was corporate go back and read the promise listen to the promise of his promise the promised promise of, of Samson's life was this it was the last statement I read to you in that verse of scripture he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. It, from that point it is prophesied that Samson will rise up as a judge and a deliverer and a protector of the people of Israel against Philistines and when he told Delilah the truth and he ignored the warning signs and he strayed from the path then what we discover is that he is bound hand and foot and their protector is now in bondage. And we think it's all about Samson. We want to feel bad for Samson. He lost his eyes. They made spectacle of him. That's one version. They played games with him. They made him, they, they hooked him up to a, a millstone and made him act like a donkey and, and pressed the meal for their, for their, 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 their flower. They, they, they made spectacle. They, but we forget that destruction is corporate because not only did it destroy Samson, it destroyed the Israelites because the truth is, is as long as he's in bondage and as long as he's in, he's in captivity like that, they have no protector. <coughs> they become vulnerable to the enemies that are trying to destroy them. The destruction was not individual. The destruction was corporate. How long are people, listen to me, how long are people that count on you going to continue to experience bondage and lack of favor and lack of anointing based upon the fact that their destruction is being brought about by your destruction? How long are other people going to suffer simply because you want to deter and they think that you're the exception to the law that God has given us. 
I'm preaching this morning. I want to encourage you this morning that we need to go back and learn the lessons from Red. And if you can't learn them from Red, then you need to learn them from Samson. And you need to come back to this place where you understand that we have a defined, a designated, a clear path that has been laid out for us. And there's no wiggle room in it. There's no negotiation room in it. There's no concept that I am the exception. And that applies to everybody else but me. I can live with who I want to live with. I can sleep with who I want to sleep with. I can hang out with who I want to hang out with. I can drink what I want to drink. I can take what I want to take. I can watch what I want to watch. I can, I can listen to what I want to listen to. I can go where I want to go. And it has bearing on everybody else but me. Then we haven't learned the lessons from Red. Because there's a clearly defined path that we are called to walk down. And if we don't, warning signs will go off because God is merciful. And he gives us warning after warning. And some of us have had way too many warnings to think that we're still at the voice. We're way past the voice. We're almost all the way to the teeth. And some of you are dangling on the edge of absolute destruction. And you're about to experience the teeth of destruction. And I'm here to shake the bell one last time and say, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, get back on path, wake up, stay on path, wake up, clean up, wake up, put that stuff down, wake up, move out, wake up, separate, wake up, do what you got to do and get back on path. Because Why? Because I don't want to feel your pain. And I don't want you to feel my pain. And I don't want us to experience corporate destruction by the decisions that we make individually. So my question this morning is this. Have you learned the lessons? If you haven't, I need you to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because if you wreck yourself, listen to me, you wreck us. Father, this morning I pray that we would Heed your word. I sense it so strongly this morning. I, I sense a, a warning going off. Wake us up out of apathy. Wake us up out of this idea that, that, that we can shake ourselves and nothing that is, has been said by, by either me or through, through me by your spirit really applies to us. I'm the exception. What, it, what, what would destroy everybody else, I'm stronger than. What I've watched other people, the, the, the destruction of their life, I'm stronger than that. Wake us up. Wake us up. Father, I pray this morning that you would help us if we've strayed from your path at all. If we've, if we've taken even the slightest detour, just a momentary detour, then, then I thank you for your warning signs going off again this morning. But if we've taken any step off of a straight and narrow walk, I pray this morning you would call us back and we would line ourselves back up to the path that you've called us to walk in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you're here this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not even going to make you stand up I don't, uh, because I don't want it to be uh, something that you feel like is too obvious for everybody else. This is about you and you alone. In fact, I'm, I make a covenant. Look at me real quick before you close your eyes. I want you to look. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm not even going to look. That's how serious. 
I'll be the last one to close my eyes right before I ask for this response because if I see you with your head up, I'm going to look at you and point, put your head down. All right? Because this, this, is, this is serious stuff. This is, this, is, uh, this is the difference between life and death right here for some of you. There are dreams on the line for some of you. There are, there are decades of absolute destruction on the line for some of us. Corporately, there's a lot online on the line for us because we feel each other's pain. So this has got to be dead serious stuff. What I'm going to ask you is if you've strayed from the path at all. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. You say, well, nobody's looking. I know. I get it. But it's that physical act of identifying. It's me that causes us to take this stuff for real. Because at that moment, you can no longer give yourself a free pass. All right, so every head bow. Play with your eyes closed, Seth. If he stumbles, you'll know why. No one looking around. I'm closing my eyes right now. Father, give us transparency and let us be honest. I ask in Jesus' name, if you're here this morning and you say, Steve, that's me. I feel like I've strayed from the path that God has called me to. And I want to recognize it and identify so that I can take the st first step back to walking how he's called me to walk. I want you to raise your hand and you can pull it right back down. Nobody's looking. I have no idea if anybody's even raised their hand. But I know in my spirit that somebody must have. So, Father, you saw every hand that just went up. The truth is this morning that there are probably there were probably people that raised their hand that it would shock us because we have become, all of us have become so expert at acting like we're on the path when many times we're not. So this morning, Father, I pray that as you saw individuals raise their hand, that in this very moment you would give us the strength to come back to the path that you want us to walk. Whatever adjustments we need to make, whatever relationships must come to an end, whatever alterations to what we're, we've been doing needs to be done. If we need to stop something, help us to stop. If we need to give something up, help us to give it up. If we need to quit going somewhere, help us to go to a different place. If we need to stay away from certain people, help us to detour around them and get back on the path that you called us for, to, to walk. I pray that you would help us, each and every one of us, that raised our hands, that, Father, we would get back on path. I pray that we would heed every warning sign before it's too late. And Father, I pray over us corporately that we would be a group of people, that we would be able to feel one another's joy and one another's favor and we would encounter the blessings of being in relationship with one another and that as we walk this straight and narrow path that you've called us to although we would feel one another's pain I pray that instead we would live in such a high level of holiness and responsibility and so straight on the path that, it, that as, as a corporate body we would never have to feel one another's pain by the bad choices that we might have made I pray that instead we would bless one another because of our corporate relationship. And Father, we'll give you the glory for it. I pray that you drive home the lessons that we learned from Red, from Samson, so that we can bring glory and honor to your name. And everybody said, Amen.